0: Well, what a lovely day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us once again on In the Moment. I'm your host, Reverend Ricky Allen Jr. And I just pray that as always, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I just pray that God is in the middle of it. You know, I pray that He is guiding it. I pray that He is covering it uh for your sake and for the glorification of His kingdom. Uh I do hope wherever you are that you're safe, that you're that you're living your best life, honestly. Really. I mean we got a lot of angry people out there right now and they're just angry about anything and everything, but God is still here. He's still on the throne, and he sees what's going on and will respond at a time of his choosing for your sake, for your circumstances, and for the sake and glory of his kingdom. And we can trust in that and give that a big amen, most definitely. All right, so let's get started with this morning's morning scripture reading. Uh James 1-6. James 1-6 reads as follows. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Wise words indeed. Amen. And once again, we do uh, want to encourage everybody that if you have a prayer request, go to the website, yourmoment.biz. You see the name of on the screen right there under the uh, morning prayer icon there, uh, you will see... Uh, YourMoment.biz, you can go there and submit your prayer requests. We will not be publishing names, we'll simply just be publishing the prayer request. So Just a short reminder we'll be giving here for the next couple of weeks to uh, let folks know that you can give your prayer request and, and we will pray for you right here on In The Moment, so don't be afraid to do that. Uh, don't be afraid to pray by all means, we don't want that to ever be the case For that is our direct line of communication with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And with that being said, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for just waking up this morning to another day. Because someone didn't, for whatever reason, out there in this world that we live in. And we know that this day we should take with great seriousness. Because we woke up and understand it's another day to give you the glory. It's another day to do your will. It's another day to live in your will. It's another day to share this hope that we have in Jesus to someone who may not know you. It's another day to live out God's word in our life. And so let us take the time and use it wisely. Because time will do its job. Time always does its job. It pushes forward. While we may hold on to things in the past, old mistakes and old decisions that we probably shouldn't have made, time will always do its job. It's a constant reminder of your desire for us to move forward and trust in you. And we take that with great seriousness, Lord. We, We do. Now, Lord, Whoever's listening right now, I pray that you reach into their homes and clear out the distractions, clear out the the unclean spirits, clear out the uh, the things they may have brought in, directly or indirectly, by accident or intentional, so that your word may flourish wherever it may go, for it will never come back empty. These and all things we ask in the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. We pray God is going to bless you with a mighty message and hope to support you in your daily walk with Jesus Christ. Email us at yourmomentministries at gmail.com with your praise and prayer requests. Help support this ministry through your cash app, dollar sign, your moment. We appreciate your continued prayers and support. And now, today's message. Right now, I want you to think about a time where everything was going right. We have those seasons in life, don't we? Those seasons where everything is just winning. No matter what we touch, no matter where we go, no matter what opportunities come by, we touch it, it's winning. You know, it's it's like having a Midas touch. Everything we touch just turns to gold, doesn't it? You remember that season. I'm sure you do. We've all had them. I know I've had them. Then something happens. You remember that, don't you? When you made the decision. When you said those words that turned the tide of your whole circumstance. Maybe you chose a side only to realize it's the wrong side. Whatever the case is, we've all been in situations to where we were in a good circumstance and then made a choice. And then we went from a good circumstance to a bad circumstance, if not a rough circumstance, to where maybe we weren't doing as much as we were at first but now we're doing everything just to maintain, just to get by because of some decisions. The same can be said about Eve, Adam and Eve for that matter, in Genesis 3, 1 through 7. And our topic is Heartbreaking Paradise. Heartbreaking Paradise. Genesis 3, 1 through 7 is a story of definite decision making. When the only thing you had to do was follow your first given order. Now, that's me coming from a military standpoint. As you all know, I was in the military for roughly 15 or so years. Uh, That's the first thing you hear is follow your first given order. If all else fails, if you have any doubt, follow your first given order. But Genesis 3, 1 through 7, gives us... A variety of things we're going to learn today about heartbreak in paradise. So let's get started. Starting at verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. and that it was pleasing to the uh, pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Let us pray. Father, we ask you to... Help us glean from this text words of wisdom, life lessons, pathways of correction, especially in times like these. We pray, Father, that we uh, learn effectively and lead courageously and definitely work harder each day to stay within your will. Now bless the reading of your word, Father, your already blessed word, and let us move forward with understanding what we need to learn from the fall. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. As I said before, our topic is heartbreak in paradise. The first thing we see and we look at this dynamic here. Is Satan confirms what God has told you? Look at what he does in verse in, in, in the beginning part of chapter three. He asked her, "Ye d- d- has God said, Shall ye shall not eat of every tree in the garden? She replies back with. Everything that God told her to do and did not to do. The first thing we see is Satan confirms what God has told you. The first part of this trap that he, he sets when he wants to get us out of the will of God is to assure that you remember exactly what God told you So when he begins to lead you wrong, you always remember that you knew what God told you to do, but you chose different. In other words, he makes his temptation your choice, not his choice. You know, there's an old saying that when when things go wrong and we make mistakes, well, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. You knew exactly what you was doing. You made an active decision to do it. And Satan makes sure that you understand the terms and conditions of talking to him. What what does that mean? He He makes you relay what you know is right. He makes you relay what you know God told you to do. And then he does something different. What does he do? The second part of the trap is he presents His truth. What's his truth? In the text there it says, he tells her you won't die if you eat from the tree. But not only does he present his truth, he accuses God of holding back information from you. In other words, God's not telling you everything. He's keeping you in the dark. Because he knows that if you ever knew what he knows, then that makes you equal to him. And then, well guess what, maybe you can, you might be God too. You know, if you knew what He knew, and if you had all the knowledge, if you had all the information, you'd be where He is. You know, it's very interesting on that. You know, um, sometimes when we get so lost in information, we can, in a roundabout way, knowledge ourselves out of the blessing. You get to a point where you know so much, that you overlook the overall big picture of what God has for your life and for your families. We get lost in it. We get tossed and turned in it. We want to know so much. There are a lot of people out there right now that will not accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior to save them from the pits of hell because they want to know everything that Jesus knows. They want to know how the murderer can get into heaven. They want to know how can evil folks do this and do that. Why does he allow the world to be like this and like that? Well, guess what? If you read your Bible, all those things will be made revealed to you. But your problem is you want to be sold on the knowledge you're receiving. You want it to be sold to you so that you can make a decision on whether or not you want to engage Jesus. There is no trust. There is no faith. You just want the knowledge. So did the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler simply, he talked about all the things that he had. And then Christ said, well, just sell all that and come follow me. He couldn't do it. Why? Because he liked all his stuff and things. Plain and simple. Knowledge is good. There's nothing wrong with knowledge. I have made every effort to educate myself. I've gone to two different seminaries. I've gotten two different master degrees. i got a bachelor's. I've got various certificates, various certifications. But that does not trump my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, because you know a little bit more, that means, well, I can do this on my own, that is just, you know, that's what I was taught when I was growing up, and you know, that's that's organized religion, I, I don't know what that's, that, uh, that's uh, always an interesting term, we'll talk about that here soon though, uh, organized religion, you know, as if though, uh, what is disorganized religion? What does that look like? Even though uh, you don't, you shouldn't want to serve this organized religion, but that's neither here nor there. What we're seeing here though is the serpent is presenting his truth. He is letting her know what he believes. He's presenting his platform here. This is what he believes. And here's why he believes she is being treated the way she's being treated. And then what happens next? We know what happens next. She takes the fruit. It's not an apple. Scripture doesn't say that. <laughs> it's fruit. We don't know what, what kind of fruit it was. It could be anything. You know, she eats it, has it to Adam, who's obviously standing there. He eats it, and their eyes are open. That's what happens. There are three temptations here that we see. They don't change through life. People turn from God's instructions to satisfy their physical needs, their visual needs, and then to their own knowledge. Instead of taking what God has provided, Adam and Eve operate outside of God's will by not following his instructions. They are in the garden still, but spiritually they have now separated themselves from the garden. Now, up to this point, these are all dormant mistakes that have not been acted on physically. There is still time to turn back and get our minds right, but look at what happens. She makes a decision. The helpmate makes a decision to eat the fruit, and her husband says nothing. She's supposed to be helping Adam manage the garden, and the one point where accountability to God's word should have been happening, it did not. Then let's stop right there. Let's stop right there for a moment. A lot of folks like to blame Eve in this area here. We slam Eve. We body slam Eve in the text, in the text about this. Adam was standing right there. She hands it to him. <laughs> he doesn't ask any questions. He doesn't ask where it's coming from. Who are we talking to? Uh, why are we talking to the serpent? What is he saying? What did he tell you? Why? Because he was he was right there. He didn't challenge anything. They never challenged the serpent's words. They never said, well, okay, I get it, you know, but God told us don't eat from it. So thank you for your information. Goodbye. They don't do none of that. A lot of times, it only takes that, people. A lot of times, we could avoid a lot of pitfalls if we hold on to God's word, whatever God told us to do, that's it. I don't care who told you what about God's word. If God's word is telling you to do a certain decision this way or to engage an opportunity that way, and then someone says, no, you don't have to do that. You ain't got to do that because, you know, you just do it this way. Is that what God told you? No. No then why are you even entertaining the conversation? This is the part that gets us all in trouble. When we entertain the conversation of sinners on decisions that reflect our life and God's will in our life, we entertain the consultation of those who are living in dark. We, we, We find ourselves in these debates with these people They need saving. There is no type of consultation they can actually give you. I'm very, very discerning on when people give me advice. I don't take everybody's advice. I listen. I'm nice because I don't want to offend because there might be an opportunity one day to minister to them, but it goes out of one ear to the other. I'm not taking that stuff to heart. Why? Because they are not where I am. They're not where I am. They're living outside the will of God already. So everything is on the platter for them. There is no restriction. They're doing this as a lifestyle, as a profession. Okay? You live within the boundaries of God's word. And it's time that you start taking counsel from God's people. Not from people who who reject God, renounce God, don't come to church, they don't read the Bible, they don't do none of that stuff. And you're you're sitting there listening. And the worst part about it, you're considering it. Well, it's, it's a different view, Reverend Now, No, no, no. Get a different view from the church. That's what it's there for. It's there to encourage you. Your church body, the people, are there to encourage you and help you make the road straight. Because we're all doing it under the banner, under the blood of Jesus Christ. This did not have to be. This had no reason to be. Eve and a- Adam and Eve had everything they needed to make an informed decision in the kingdom. On behalf of the kingdom. Playing something. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he shall flee. The only thing they had to do was submit their own minds to God. Don't think outside the will of God. And you could have, they could have resisted the serpent. Could have resisted. He would have went on by his business. This wouldn't even be a topic of conversation. But guess what, though no, it is. And we all deal with, we all deal with this. All of us deal with this. What did uh, Jane, what did John 2, 15 through 16 say? Do not love the world or anything of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For all that is in the world, listen to this part. It's very interesting. The desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. Aren't these the same desires that they had right there in the garden just now? Aren't these the same things that they were just dealing with? Eve was dealing with it. Desires of the flesh, she was hungry. The desires of the eyes, it looked great. The pride of life, knowledge—it was going to benefit her. But all those things could have been covered by God's word. What did God tell me to do? The next time you find yourself in a situation to make a decision, and you're doubting what's going on, maybe you're considering the uh, the words of someone who may not be the best of resources. Ask yourself the question: Did God? Tell me to do this. Did God reveal this to me? Is this person trying to make me doubt the God that I serve? Is this person trying to tempt me to come across the line to their world? Not for ministry, but for life. Dangerous stuff there. Because it's happening all the time. People are ally- they're becoming allies to the world. It's not that they support what they're doing in their own life, but they ad- they're advocates for it. They speak on their behalf. They're not ministering to these people. They're, they're, they're becoming their spokesperson. Satan is making fools out of Christians. Every day, every Christian decides they're going to be a spokesperson for sin. Makes a fool out of us. He makes God's, it, it makes God's word void. Why? Because they're weak. They find themselves in the crossroads of wanting to be good people Instead so of the godly people. And so the line between the world and God's people is becoming blurred to what we can't tell whether or not this person is a Christian or not. And then when they say they're a Christian, you're kind of like, oh, I would have never saw that coming. That is not the response I would want to get. I would want to get a response of, oh, well, I figured that much. I knew that there was something different about you. Why? Because we're separated from the world. We're separated. We're not of this world. We can be in the world, but not of the world. There are things that we can do to represent the kingdom without the compromise, without uh, the issues. You can still you can still stay current. You can still stay relevant. I'll give you an example. Uh, Halloween's coming up. Uh, every year on Halloween, me and my wife make it a missions event. We... Uh, create um, biblical materials to put inside the candy bags that we give out to the kids. We want to reach them in a level and at a way that uh, can educate them to make it current and relevant. So we talk about the demons in the Bible. We talk about the witches in the Bible. We want to do something to prompt them to get into a Bible. We did this a a few years ago in Norfolk, Virginia, and I had parents coming back to the house asking uh, if, if if I had a Bible. So show me what you were talking about here. This is, I've never read this. That let me know you read a Bible though. And we sat down and we would talk and I would talk about their faith and where they are in their faith and where they are in their life with Christ. Are they going to church? You know, is is Jesus in the house? You know, is he Lord of the house? What's going on here? And we had some great conversations from Halloween, from Halloween. That's why Paul tells Timothy, if you don't know, now you know, be ready in season and out of season. Halloween is out of season for Christians. I know some houses that will be closed and a cherub be put out from with a Bible on it. Now, does that help the kingdom? Helps you. It helps you, but you're not reaching the kingdom. You know, there is that part of Jesus that says to be gentle as lambs, but as sly as serpents. He wants us to be cunning, he wants us to be keen. He wants us to have those traits as well as being gentle, as well as being uh, empathetic, sympathetic, caring, kind. He wants us to have those things too. All those things. But when we look at this situation right here, we see that John looks back at what happened back in the Old Testament and says, uh, this stuff is not new. These are old traits that we all have. We all have this. What did verse seven say? And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Their eyes being opened means they were now observant of the world around them. In other words, the divine covering now has been removed, and now they have to be covered with things from the world. The the divine covering They didn't know they were naked. They didn't realize they were naked. Why? Because it was not important. It wasn't something they had to worry about. When you're in God's will, in the presence of God, there are small things you don't even have to worry about. God has tended to them. But when you get outside of the will of God, you will find yourself taking on more responsibility. All for what? For the sake of a little bit of knowledge and to satisfy some physical needs. And a lot of people find themselves outside of the will of God because they know too much and they have put physical needs over God's word. God provides people. God provides. And it's unfortunate here. And because of that, they knew that it was time to put some clothes on. They knew up to this point the fig leaves were not used for clothes. Again, now you got knowledge. Now you got this thing, uh, you know, some sense. Now you know, you're 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 taking on world senses. You're 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 becoming uh, something different. The fig leaves, they walked by every day in the Garden of Eden, I'm sure. Didn't think nothing of it. Looked as oh, sprouting another fig leaf. Awesome. Because they was in charge of the garden, you know. Now, they're pulling the leaves off. They're making clothes out of them. Now they're doing that. Separation clearly seen when it came to doing that one action. You got all the knowledge you want, but you're separated from God. Today, maybe you're out there. Maybe you're out there and you have made some very poor decisions. Maybe you have uh, been tempted, slightly deceived, if not completely deceived for that matter, and it has cost you paradise. It has cost you a great deal. Maybe you're looking back on the years in regret and you're thinking to yourselves, if I had not done that, I would be so much further ahead than what I am now. If I had not said that, he'd still be here. She'd still be here. It's time to move forward, people. I talk about this a lot. It's time to move forward. What's done is done. And we know the end of the story. God addresses the situation. He addresses all three of our characters here in the story. In what we know as the fall. And Adam and Eve end up leaving. They can't stay there. Because if you're gonna act outside the will of God in this situation, you're gonna act out in another situation as well. So when you act outside the will of God, you are outside of the presence of God. And you have distance now between you and God. I would like to encourage you today, what I want to do is I want to bridge the gap. I want to bring you back within the will of God. It's time for some restoration. It is time for some peace to be made with your mistake, because God's already forgiven you through, through Christ Jesus. You don't know that because maybe you don't know Jesus. And if there's anything we can do to talk to you about that, let us know. You saw the email address. Contact us. I respond back. And I not want to talk to you because maybe you are like so many. You got kicked out of Eden. You got kicked out of that paradise that God bless you with because you acted outside of God's will and now you feel separated. You feel the distance between you and God and you're so far out there. You've made so many mistakes now. How can I come back? Jesus has made the way for you to come back within the, the presence and will of the kingdom and if you accept Christ today, Admit that you are a sinner that needs saving and you need a savior that saves you. He's already done the job. He's already gone to the cross to die for your sins. He is risen. He is risen. He sits to the right hand of our God. And if you will accept him today, you will be in paradise with him when you pass. Because we all got to pass. So you can't live your life in regret because a day will come when you will not wake up and I hope wherever your eyes open again that it is with the Lord Jesus Christ but you have to make the decision now you have to restore yourself now through coming back to the Lord Jesus Christ or coming to Jesus for the very first time that is my prayer for you today that is what that's my desire for you today and i want you to stay encouraged it's going to be all right so until next time, may God bless you. May heaven smile upon you, and we will talk to you next week. You take care.